Welcome to 5 Minutes of Courage with Maggie Arndt. This podcast focuses on God's Word, the Bible, and how much God loves you. Our goal is to show you throughout Scripture how loved and valued you are by the God of the universe. 5 Minutes is all you need to be filled with hope, joy, purpose, and yes, courage. Now here's your host, Maggie Arndt. with me, Maggie. Today we find ourselves back at the well with Jesus and the Samaritan woman. So to piggyback on yesterday, if you didn't listen to or watch yesterday's message, go back and watch it. Today will make a whole lot more sense. But we find Jesus in Samaria, a place that no Jew really chose to go, but that's where he was. He was on his way to Galilee, went through Samaria, hot, dirty, tired, plops himself down by a well, meets a woman who's there in the middle of the day, which we agree is a little bit odd, and asks her for a drink of water, as one does. And she was a little bit surprised because he was a man and he was talking to her. And she says to him, why are you asking me for a drink? And Jesus replies to her in verse 10, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. And yesterday we just talked briefly about how the natural springs that bubble up from the earth, those were known as living water. And so she wasn't being coy or even disrespectful in verse 11 when she says, but sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket. And this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and the animals enjoyed? She's still literally talking about water. And saying, you know, I'm sorry, my friend, but we do not have this fancy pants, bubbly spring water that you're requesting. You're going to have to just drink out of this well that was good enough for Jacob. And Jesus replies to her in verse 13, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. The actual water. If you drink water, you're going to be thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty Again, we're not talking about water anymore here, friends. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. And this is where she gets really excited because she's like, um, pick me. I want that. Please, sir, give me this water that I'll never be thirsty again and I won't have to come here to get water. Because remember, she's not very well liked. She's maybe made some questionable choices, which is when Jesus kind of busts the facade and said, great, bring your husband. Hmm rats. I don't have a husband, she said. But do you remember when I told you that Jesus can read your mind? Well, he could read her mind too, and he already knew all about her. He has a supernatural knowledge, and he's using it in ministering to this woman. And he says, you're right. You don't have a husband, for you have had five husbands, and you're not even married to the guy you're living with now. So you spoke the truth, which is good. It's not good. It's not, it's frowned on to lie to Jesus because you know what? He already knows the truth anyway. And she says, I'm guessing somewhat meekly, sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship? Well, we Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Gerizim, where our ancestors worshiped. Do you see what she's doing here? 
I'm going to change the subject because I'm a little embarrassed. I don't want to talk about my five past husbands or the man I'm checking up with. Because of this issue, she doesn't want to talk about that. She wants to talk about something else. But Jesus circles back to it. Do you know why? Not to embarrass her, but because when we sin before God, and everything we do is before God, everything at all, even if we gossip about our next door neighbor, or if we tell a lie, or if we are living with some guy, Jesus already knows, and he wants to confront our truth. And she had to decide, what does she love more, her sin or her Savior, her Messiah? Even though she didn't know him to be this yet, he was confronting her with truth. I am the living water. I know all about you. Now, are you going to tell me your truth? And are you going to choose to continue what you're doing? Or are you going to choose me? And so even though she's changing the subject, Jesus comes back to her in verse 21 and says, Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming where it will no longer matter where you worship. So let's just let's just get that out of out of the way. The time is coming indeed. It is here now when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. I'm in verse 23. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way, for God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. And this is where she's showing a little bit of my, what might have been part of a Jewish heritage in the Sumerian culture. I know the Messiah is coming, the one who was called the Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. And this is where Jesus lowers the boom. Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. So she had a choice here. Do I keep talking to this man? And do I keep going about my business the way I've been doing it all the time? Or do I believe him? He read my mind. He knows my past. He confronted me lovingly, knowing everything about me. And now he has just lowered the boom. He is the Messiah. And right about this time, the disciples come back. And frankly, they were a little bit shocked because Jesus is here alone talking to a woman, to a Samaritan woman. And, and they actually ask him, why are you talking to her? So the woman made her decision. She left her jar and ran to town because she had some really amazing news. Verse 29, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? The people came streaming from the village to see him. And Jesus shared his message, not only with the woman, but with them and said, I have a kind of food you know nothing about. And he's not talking about some snacks. He's not talking about the drive through at McDonald's. He says in verse 34, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me. And here's the, the thing. To worship in truth, to speak in truth, to recognize who we really are is a truth that Jesus already knows about us. He knows each one of us to be a sinner and yet he comes to us individual and he said individually and he says to us I know you I know everything you've done and I love you anyway I am the bread of life the food that will nourish you forever and I am the living water and with me you will never be thirsty ever ever again and so what the book of John is asking us here what the gospel writer John is asking 
What do you think of Jesus? Do you believe him to be who he says he is? Or do you think he's maybe just a really nice guy that taught us to do nice things and be kind to others? Is he the savior or isn't he? And if he is, how does that change everything that you do? Come back tomorrow. We're going to wrap up the fourth chapter of the Gospel of John, and we are going to meet another character who is a nobleman. Be well. Thanks so much for listening today. Please subscribe to this podcast. I'd hate for you to miss out on even one minute of courage. Then share it with all your friends. If you'd like more information or would like to contact me directly, go to 5minutesofcourage.com. That's the number five, and you can connect with me there.